Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Smash Pop. And welcome to episode two of Smirchpod, a podcast celebrating all the Bond films by those who enjoy, hate, or just aren't lost about them. Hosted by me, John Rain. Yeah, I'm back. Mm. Uh, we will be delving deeply into Bond, tackling a different film each episode with an exciting guest by my side. Now, as I said before, I'm a stickler for tradition, so we're going to do it all chronologically. This being the second episode, it's time to talk about From Russia With Love, for goodness sake. My special guest this week is television, film and arts critic Paul Whitelaw, who can be found on Twitter as at Paul Whitelaw. Satisfying to say, isn't it? Paul Whitelaw. Anyway, so without any further ado, let's go and get that lecture back. Yeah, yeah. Of course, Spectre. And it wasn't the Russian show at all. I get a kick out of watching the great James Bond. I know what a bloody fool he's been making of himself. So, Paul Whitelaw, hello. Hello. Hello, a pleasure to have you. Oh, well, it's lovely to be had. Thank you, John. Thank you. That's very kind of you to say. Um, So, from Russia with Love, what many people consider to be, like, the, the gold standard of Bond... Yeah, it, it is. And um, I should first of all say that, because uh, I, I know that uh, not being arsed about James Bond is mm. uh, is uh, part of the uh, well, remit, I suppose, what a terrible word to use, remit, but um, of, of, of the Smirch podcast. Now, I'm not uh, a huge Bond fan, but I like Bond. And, and I, I suppose this is quite an obvious choice uh, for me to say that it's my favourite Bond film, because yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of most people's favourite a classic Bond film, isn't it? Yeah. But, but, I, but, I, but, I, but the reason I like it, and I've just watched it again twice, is um, because it is, uh, you know, it was the beginning of uh, uh, the classic Bond formula, really, isn't it? But it's also a kind of, kind of straight, sort of relatively gritty Cold War thriller at the same time. Yes, definitely so. And it's got Robert Shaw in it. It's got Robert Shaw from my favourite film, Jaws, yes. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't until uh, watching it again, uh, although it seems obvious in hindsight, that uh, Robert Shaw is uh, 
it's portrayed as the uh, sort of classic uh, uh, mirror image of our hero, isn't he? He's yes. really an evil James Bond, a blonde Bond. Blonde uh, a blonde Bond a, shell. He's a blonde Bond shell. Yeah. He's, a hung, he's a very hunky man. If you only know him from Jaws and The Sting, he was a fine specimen, wasn't he? He was, and he gets he's good at getting punched in the stomach. He's very good. He's very good at holding his stomach in as well, which was a very, very popular look then, wasn't it? The kind of Adam West, yeah, kind of um, barrel-chested but stomach sucked in look. But I'm not criticising. I think it's a good look, which, it's which a great I, look. I, well, I don't know about you, but I, I'm, I'm rocking it now. Oh, absolutely. I, I particularly enjoyed the beginning because um, we we get to understand that Red Grant, as is uh, Robert Shaw's name, is the best man at killing lookalikes. Oh, he is, yeah, that, that uh, pre-credit sequence yeah. uh, is, uh, like a lot of the film, even though it's you know, kind of flamboyant, uh, like all Bond films, it's uh, it's relatively, uh, relatively subdued, isn't it? Because it's uh, we think it's Bond in the field doing his thing. With his and waxy makeup. With his <laughs> very waxy throughout. Very. He's quite sweaty, yeah. uh, which is good, because it you know, adds to the kind of, uh, sort of semi-realistic, gritty feel mm-hmm. of the film. Um, but yeah, then it's revealed that it's a, a spectre training exercise and quite a quite an elaborate one, isn't Very it? Very elaborate. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the mask is is well, it's exquisite, isn't it? I mean, it's it's. Um, if you think in reality, they they probably just go for a kind of Vic and Bob style cardboard Sean Connery mask. That would have been perfect, wouldn't it? It would. That would have been a great opening to the film, actually. Yeah. Uh, but it inter- introduces uh, Red Grant, who uh, I do think is one of the best Bond villains, mm. uh, just because. Uh, he comes across well. He is supposed to be a, a genuine psychopath, isn't he? Yes. And uh, a very brutal and violent man. In fact, Shaw's uh, he's silent for the first hour of the film. Pretty, pretty much. much. Yeah, I don't think he says anything. Uh, which is strange looking back because he's such a, a, an esteemed actor, we all know. But then he wasn't well known, so it's, it mm. must be a strange, strange gig, uh, or, or certainly in, in hindsight, uh, seeing Robert Shaw not speaking. But it's very effective because mm. when he eventually does speak. Uh, even though I've seen the film, I don't know, four or five times uh, in my life, uh, it's still a shock, uh, the Orin Express sequence, when he starts to speak. And, of course, he's under the guise of this uh, uh, British agent, and he's all very uh, very chummy, very old man. Old man, he? yeah, he keeps saying old man. He keeps saying old man. Yeah, it's uh, a glimpse into the future there, of one day, knowing that one day Sean Connery would be an old man. Yeah, and, and, and Robert Shaw would, would almost be an old man, but would die. It's almost as if he knew he would die for being an old man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's, 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 uh, that's obviously nonsense, but, you know, it's, it's certainly, some, it's certainly uh, an opinion. Mm. But it did make me think that because, you know, this is a spectre training exercise, um, yeah. it makes me wonder that if the week before, because of Red Grant, obviously, as we know, only insists on killing people who look exactly like the person he has to kill. If yes. perhaps they were sending lookalikes from the Susan Scott lookalike agency there to be bought oh, off. Yeah, well, wouldn't that be awful? But is it a paying gig? Mm. I presume. Well, they, they probably think people. they're going there for some sort of birthday party. But in actual fact, uh, they, were, they were throttled. Oh, a kind of Cluedo weekend. Sort yeah, of thing. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But they hoped they probably got a nice meal. Probably, out of it. yeah. Would um, you like your last meal now? My what? Sorry, would you like your meal now? <laughs> Uh, you, your last meal before the, the, the fun starts. Yeah, exactly. Probably the same. But um, Red Grant, um, uh, you are giving his proper cool name, but of course his name is actually Donald Grant, isn't it? Which isn't a good name for a Bond villain. Mm, not really, no. Sounds like a, a local councillor from our broth, doesn't it, Donald? <laughs> it does. It does. Um, and he also is not very good at choosing his wine. 
he's not at all red wine with fish. Uh, and he's not... Basic he's not error. Good, oh, a terrible error. And yeah. uh, he's not very good at slipping Mickeys into oh, drinks. Awful. He's but, big fingers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's, he, he basically just uh, swills his fingers around her drink, doesn't he, when he puts that, that pill into it. Although, to be fair, Bond does notice. I mean, you'd have to be... Uh, You'd have to be blind not to notice when he does that. He should have pulled the. Um, I mean, if you if you're going to be a spy, surely the first thing they teach you is the, hey, what's that over there? And oh, then yeah. slip the Mickey. Well, well, well conveniently, Tanya, the, the the Bond girl, is. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not quite sure why, but for some reason, she's in a bit of a strop in that scene, and she's just gazing listlessly at the window. Yeah. Uh, which, which which helps. Yeah. Uh, uh, if you're going to drug someone, I mean, I'm not suggesting that anyone ever should, but if you were to. If someone's looking out the window for no reason, that's a good moment. But probably not when the other person is looking. <laughs> right at you. Yeah, yeah. Probably not the best time to do it. Um, but, but yeah, and the, the other villain, of course, uh, has always been one of my favourites, is um, Rosa Klebb. Mm. And uh, again, watching it uh, after, uh, I don't know, about 10, 12 years the last time I saw it, um, although she's so, oh, I'm not going to use the word iconic, so famous. Yeah. Uh, She's not actually in the film that much, is she? No. But she has standout scenes. Yeah, she has the bit at the beginning, and then obviously the infamous bit where she's trying to kick him with the, and he's holding her back with a chair like a lion. Uh, yes, and it's a very impractical weapon, although it's 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 very striking. Uh, trying to kick someone to death in the shins with a spiky shoes. Mm. But it is poison uh, tipped, though, isn't it? Poison tip. Yeah, because yeah. she kills that uh, chess fella. The chess fella, who I like at the beginning, is introduced uh, mm. in the first post-credit see- uh, scene. Yep. Uh, you, well, he's going to be the villain, but yeah. uh, it's a it's a red herring, isn't it? Because he's this sort of uh, what's sort of, it's, it's almost sort of Peter Laurie like hangdog villain, isn't he? He is. Uh, who they just dispense with uh, for for the rest of the film. Uh, and I was going to say about um, uh, Rosa Klebb. Mm. Uh, uh, what we know about her, of course, John, is uh, that that's Lottie Lottie Lania, isn't it, from uh, Mac the Knife? Is it really? Well, yeah, she was married uh, twice uh, to, to Kurt Vile, uh, uh, and she was his muse, uh, apparently, in many ways. Uh, she was a German cabaret performer. And uh, so, you know, with Mac the Knife and Lottie Lenya, uh, who's mm-hmm. great, that's Rosa Klebb. So that's a bit of trivia for you. Well, that's brilliant. Uh, exclusive trivia here. I didn't know about that. Well, no, I found it on the internet, but, I, I, but, I, but then I looked at another site that corroborated it, so that's good enough, isn't it? That's perfect. Yeah. That's not fake news. No, no, it's not fake news. That's actual Lottie Lennon news. Actual news. I enjoyed as well, going back to the beginning, that when um, she arrives, they say, welcome to Spectre Island. Oh, Spectre Island is great. It's great. It's the sort of thing they used to do, you know, if you couldn't get them in the shops, you had to make them on Blue Peter. Oh, that's it. It's uh, why you start about the Castle Grayskull kind of thing. Exactly. I I love the idea of having a Spectre Island. They've never revisited that idea. That's a wonderful thing, isn't it? They, they should, have, should have been a recurring thing. And what's great about it is because uh, Spectre are all, you know, insane mm. and violent, it's very chaotic, isn't it? I mean, they're actually firing flamethrowers at Spectre employees. They are. And uh, uh, But but that, that befits the group. I mean, you, you don't want any kind of... Uh, I mean, they, they kill, they bump off the, the lookalike at the beginning. They're, they're quite happy to kill their studios if it means they can, you know, work on these, uh, these super weapons. Yeah, everyone's expendable. Everyone's expendable, Inspector. Unless you get a promotion, then you're probably pretty safe, I should think. It's probably much like working in North Korea now. 
Well, yeah, it's quite pressing in that way. Because people there, uh, you know, it's like if you give Kim Jong-un... It's, it's Kim Jong-il, isn't it? Or, I can't remember which one it is now, but if you give him a weak tea or something, he, he, he eviscerates you with a rocket launcher. Yes, he does. And, you know, I think he's right to do so. Yeah, he, he also invites um, the entire population of North Korea to come and watch, which is quite nice. Yes, he does. And, uh, but, 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 uh, but that's the thing, an inspector, and uh, what was the, 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 the last... I'm not an expert, so you'll have to help me with that. But um, Spectre, as depicted in uh, the Daniel Craig films... Yes. Although, um, um, they're, uh, they're just not as much fun. No, they're really boring. They're really boring, even yeah. though the, uh, the Christoph Waltz, I thought, was good, you know, quite good fun uh, in, in, in that last one. Yeah. Um, they're really, really quite boring. But uh, the sort of ironic thing about that is, I'm guessing, that films like uh, From Russia With Love or what that team harked back to, yeah. you know, in the trial. You know, let's make Bond gritty again, but let's still you know, have the quips. Let's start, you know. But it's it's nowhere near. They're nowhere near as much fun as uh, from Russia with Love. Well, no, because the, the, with with the, to to jump out of this for a minute, but the modern ones aren't fun because Bond is really boring. Whereas this Bond, Sean Connery, in this is really fun and ex, you know, exciting to be around. Yeah, he is, and uh, it's, it's it's good seeing a, 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 a early Connery Bond film where you can tell that he's enjoying himself. Mm. He's fully committed. Uh, and he's and got he's, a girlfriend at the beginning. He's got a girlfriend at the beginning. Now. I didn't realise until I watched it again recently that he's in that boat, you know, when he's like, all oh, the champagne's not ready yet. And it's uh, Sylvia Trench from Doctor No. From Doctor No, because it's a direct sequel, isn't it? Yeah. Which is, um, which is unusual for, the, for um, the, the older Bond films. They didn't usually or often reference back to the previous one, did they? No, no. I mean, a lot of people made a big deal out of all... Quantum of Solace, which, you know, we probably shouldn't talk about, but um, is a direct sequel to Casino Royale because it takes place straight after. But then, you know, this is a sequel to Doctor No because Sylvia Trench is in it. That's right, and the whole uh, Spectre plot is to avenge the the, uh, the death of Doctor No, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so, and uh, well, what's the running gag throughout it with the lighter? Is that a reference to Doctor No? There's a running gag about, do you have a match? I use a lighter, except when they go wrong, or...? Oh, I'm not sure. I just assumed that was um, 60s Cold War code. Like, you know, the, the Blancmange in St. Petersburg isn't as good as the one in Grimsby, that sort of thing. I was reading too much into it. I thought I'd, I'd Maybe missed so. it. Maybe you, you, you've analysed this film. I do see this is what I do for a living. And it's just it's uh, true. Just too much. I'm very good at it. You are too. Oh, uh, but... Uh, oh, another thing as well, um, when we're running at the uh, pre credit sequence, but... Um, Early Bond films, Bond with a hat, peering mm. the barrel of a gun. Bond with a hat doesn't seem right, does it? Bond with a trilby. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not, it's not Sean Connery either. It's just some fella. It's just some stunt fella, yeah. It's, I think it's the next film where he does his own one from, from then on. But those first two, because he kind of looks like Kojak, sort of peering he through really a, does. Yeah. a toilet, you know. Uh, a precinct toilet, I guess it would be. Yeah. Um, and the theme song as well, uh, the uh, which I do love that um, that arrangement of, of the theme song, which is kind of cha cha cha. Yeah, it is. It's brilliant because I'd, I'd always is. remembered that the Matt Monroe one was at the titles, but it's not. It's over the end, isn't it? it it's, it's over the end, and uh, I, the, the Matt Monroe song, ex bus driver Matt Monroe, of course, mm-hmm. as, well, as we know. Yeah, uh, great singer, a really really brilliant uh, singer, and, and kind of uh, not forgotten, but he's I think very underrated. But. Um, very. And uh, he, he was uh, he was oh he was on the um, uh, the, uh, the songs for Swing and Sellers album wasn't he? He was. 
And uh, what was I saying? But yeah, when you listen to those uh, very romantic Bond themes, and it's a brilliant one, lyrics by Lionel Bart. It's, uh, I always think, are we meant to think this is sung from the perspective of Bond? Mm. Because it's, 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 it's a lot mushier than anything Bond would ever. Or is it meant to be a glimpse into his inner, you know, the, the, the romantic behind the, the ruthless killer? Or is it just a nice song? I, I, I don't know. Because it doesn't seem to have any relation to anything Bond would ever think. No, it's true. It might be a marriage of the two. Yeah, Donald uh, Red Crane. Uh, we're talking about how he's, you know, he's uh, one of the, well, I guess one of the most brutal uh, Bond villains. Um, and they actually explicitly state that he's an uh, SKP from Broadmoor. Yeah. He probably knew Savile. Probably did. Probably well, did. That's probably why he's so cross. Oh, God, with the things he must have seen. Or had done to him, yeah. I also noticed that with... Um, the current news that's going on, there's some of that in From Russia With Love, because when we first meet Tanya, um, Rosa says to her that her assignment has been to um, spread effectively fake news. Oh, God, that's right. Yeah. Oh, well, that's that's quite spookily, Gresham. Yeah, Uh, so analogue fake news. And it was one of, uh, not that I'm comparing JFK to Trump, God forbid, but it was JFK's, one of his favourite books, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, former president. Yeah. Uh, I believe it was the last that I got this from Wikipedia, which is where I get all my information from. But I thought it was interesting. Well, the last film he watched before he was assassinated. What was from Russia with Love? Yeah, it was, yeah. Blimey. I know, but it was a good film, so at least it wasn't... Oh, I can't think of a film that would have been out there. At least it was a good film, so, yeah. you know, he, he went out... Quantum of Solace. Yeah, at least it wasn't Quantum of Solace. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, oh, the other thing I um, noticed as well, uh, when we first uh, see Spectre, mm. is uh, Terence Young, who does a brilliant job in this, uh, especially with the act- action sequences. Yes. Uh, it's uh, sort of subtly, he introduces these kind of woozy, canted angles. Mm. And it's almost like, oh, here we go. This is the beginning of uh, these wonderfully overly stylized 60s affectations. Yes. There's no reason for it to be filmed like that, but it, it just adds to the, the the atmosphere of those scenes. Also the birth of the Blofeld stroking his cat. For the very first time, yeah. He's, yeah. he's referred to as number one, isn't he? Not Blofeld in the film, but it's Blofeld. Yeah, and also, uh, for some top trivia fans, Blofeld in this is played by the professor from Doctor No, who got killed. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I don't know why. They Obviously, they just liked him, so they just got him in and said, right, well, we're going to film your hands stroking a cat. And it's not his voice, obviously, it's a different voice. Right. Uh, but for some reason, they used him. Oh, and he's got the Siamese fighting fish, which I like. It's a very... Oh, uh, all I could think of was Naked Gun. Naked Gun. You remember in Naked Gun where he goes to see um, Ricardo Montalban? Yeah. And he's like, oh, Japanese fighting fish. Yes. And uh, he puts his finger in, I can't remember why, and it, one bites him, and in the other hand he's got this indestructible pen that can only be broken by water. And he and he's puts them both behind his back when Ricardo Mansplain turns around and he stabs the fish with the pen, and then to hide his crimes he puts it into the fish tank. That's all I could think of. He does, doesn't, he end, doesn't Frank Drebin end up with the fish on his nose? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. He and says, that Ow! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sort of thing that, although it's a fine film from Russia of Love, uh, with Love could have benefited from a little bit of slapstick. Yeah, well, the, Roger Moore was only round the corner. It was on its way. He was. Well, and that's the thing, although it's, uh, well, we're saying it's relatively straight, it's, you know, it's, it's still a very enjoyable Bond film. Mm. But the, 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 the humour in it, the, the Bond quips, which, you know, we love the Bond quips. Yeah, of course. But 
But are there some quips in this where he basically Bond just sounds like a kind of uh, I don't know, rugged Richard Whiteley. They're really bad, aren't they? I don't actually. That's the thing. I don't actually remember them from Russia's Love quips. Oh well, there's a bit where um, you know the scene where um, his mate is Istanbul. Um, the man on the ground uh, kills the fella who climbs out of the big uh, poster uh, mm. Nita Egbert, Egbert's mouth oh yeah yeah and then Bond says she should have kept her mouth shut oh yeah which well, is like well it doesn't even make sense because if she had then he wouldn't have shot the guy it's yeah. just it's just it's just a quip with the word mouth in it yeah it's all you think it was before you obviously hadn't read all those joke books yet no he hadn't uh, I mean Moored obviously was a connoisseur of the uh <sighs> The big Giles Brandreth uh, book of jokes, which <laughs> is what, what made me popular at school uh, when I was growing up. Also mm, uh, mm, mm. from that, we, um, we need to talk about his friend Ali, his friend on the ground, because um, he's, he's all he went on about was his fucking kids. <laughs> all he what? talks about. I don't understand that joke. I don't. Is that what? I don't get why that's funny. I guess it's meant to be. Yeah, he's like, oh my my son. I only trust my sons and. Here's my son. Oh, here's my son. Is, is this something that, with the passage of time, we uh, we don't understand? Was it, was it thought that Turkish men just employed their sons? I don't know. I think that's what it's implying. But like, literally, <laughs> every time he does anything, it's his kids. He's like Donald Trump. Yeah. Like, everywhere he goes, he has to take his kids with him. Uh, he does. And uh, later on, when he dies, um, when he's killed, hmm. uh, and Bond meets his son at the station... Yeah. Bond's very brusque with his son. He is, isn't he? He says, uh, you, "Your dad's dead." Yeah. Uh, go back uh, to uh, to M. Tell him this. Yeah. And uh, now we don't expect Bond to give him a big hug. No, are you all right? Would you, you all right? Would you like a week off to have some mourning, or maybe one of your other brothers could take care of this? Yeah. But, uh, but no, he's, he's very brusque. Although he does have the decency to look a little bit sad mm. when the, when the guy's dad dies, which is not something. You would necessarily see in a Roger Moore film. No. Uh, Lazenby, yeah, obviously the, his, his wife is killed, mm. but 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 Connery uh, at that point thought, well, you know, uh, a sort of nominal mate of mine has died. I should probably look a bit sad, which yeah. you know, it makes him a little bit realistic. You know, give him a hanky or something. <laughs> something like anything's that. Anything's better than what he did. Um, but yeah, no, he's horrible to the son. He should have said, you know, when he's like, uh, "Have you got a light?" Instead of that, he said, Look, "Never mind that. Your dad's dead. Go <laughs> home. Make some arrangements. You know, have a week off." Yeah, and, and I'll sort it out. Don't worry. You know, I've got loads of contacts here. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to do this. Yeah, and and also maybe he could say, and you know, if you want to talk, give me a ring. Mm, mm. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I was a good uh, friend of your dad's. We both looked at a periscope, uh, a few ladies together. <laughs> We're quite close. I like that periscope because it suggests yeah. that the massive head of a periscope in the embassy uh, room above that yeah. no one's ever noticed, yeah. uh, just scuttling around the floor. Uh, it would be good if it was dressed up as something, like a, like uh, a sort of a butler or something like that. A sedan chair. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that chair moving before? Oh, yeah, it always does that. <laughs> 1 size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. But I like uh, the, I like the bit where Ali says um why don't you come to this gypsy camp with us? Because oh, I'm a friend of them. We're allowed to stay and watch them kill each other. Yeah, like no. That that scene is... That's unusual. Now, see, the first hour of the film is... Uh, is There are a few slow spots, and I would say that that is one. Mm. Until uh, it all kicks off and there's a big rumble, which is really well choreographed. Yeah. Uh, there's the belly dancing, which goes on for far too long. Yeah. And looks painful. I mean, she looks like she's not enjoying it. That lady, uh, it's quite sore. Yeah. And then there's uh, the bit you mentioned where um, what, two um, uh, two lovely gypsy ladies yeah. are brought to to basically kill each other um, for the hand of uh, for, of a man. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and Ali says, "I'm a good friend of theirs. Like we are allowed to stay and watch." Yeah, and he says uh, to Bond, uh, "Whatever happens now, don't do or say yeah. anything." Yeah. And it's part of the floor show, isn't it? It's part of yeah. the entertainment. Uh, and and then you know after the big uh, the big fight sequence, which thank God interrupts the, the fight between the, the two women, mm. um, then Bond gets off with them, doesn't he? He has a threesome. He does. Uh, which thankfully off screen discreetly. Uh, so I'm not sure what to make of that whole sequence. It's it's confusing. It is really confusing. I'd, I'd uh, much rather them show the threesome as well, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, would, would I? Oh, it's a payoff, yeah. isn't it? It's a payoff. Yeah, it is. Ali, yeah. Ali could join in, and he said, "Look, it's all right. I'm a friend. A friend. Yeah, I can watch. Yes, <laughs> but whatever happens now, don't do or say anything. What's that periscope doing here? Oh, my son's watching. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my son's my my thirty sons. Fuck it, uh, shut up, will you? But uh, yeah, my thirty sons' big sitcom at the time that he starred in, which is uh, he's Russia's answer to Greg Evigan. Yeah, he is indeed. Yeah. Not Russia, he... sorry, Turkey. Beg your pardon. Greg Evigan, would he have been a good Bond without the beard? He might have been. Yeah, I think he would have been. He was probably yeah. screen tested. Everybody was at one point. Um, after after Moore, weren't they? Yeah, Lewis Collins. And uh, oh, the actor, oh, um, a handsome American actor from uh, he was in Westworld. Wasn't oh, James he? Brolin. James Brolin and Sam yeah. Neill. Oh, he would have been good. Yeah. He would have been a bit Dalton-esque. Anyway, we're getting off the... Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, um, this That's film also it. contains the classic line, I think my mouth is too big, and Bond says, no, it's the right size. 
Yeah, no, I do like that. I do, because, because he, he, to be fair, he does say, for me, anyway. But it doesn't imply he's talking about his penis. No, he is talking about his penis. Yeah. And it's one of the most blatant uh, <laughs> bon double entendres. And for that reason, I think it's, it's one of the best. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, even now I watched it and thought, you are kidding me. Mm-hmm. You're not. I mean, that's Talbot Rothwell. I mean, Talbot Rothwell wouldn't even go there. <laughs> I don't think he would. He wouldn't. He'd think that's a bit. Yeah, that's, uh, that's just too on the nose. It is. He'd go for something subtler. He would he? definitely go for something subtler with the added swanny whistle. With the added swanny whistle. Actually, speaking of that Bond and Ali, there's a couple of scenes where they're trading a uh, laddie banter. Yeah. And uh, they're very like uh, uh, the two main characters from one of your favourites on the buses. Oh. There is a deal, isn't there? Oh no, that means there's two podcasts in a row now. We've talked about on the buses. I'm so sorry, but I. I <laughs> When I think of you, John, I think of on the buses. Just for the record, I didn't bring it up this time. You didn't, that was me. No, I, I, yeah. I shoehorned it in. Um, sorry, I'm going to shoehorn it in. There's another. Uh, oh, let's see. I'm, gonna, I'm scrolling down my notes. I wanted to mention um, M, uh, M's potentially uh, horrific story being revealed <laughs> when he's listening to Bond. And Bond's like, well, one time me and M were in Hong Kong. And M's like, oh, that's enough of that. I really want to know what it was. Well, it's implied that they went on some kind of sordid sex tour of Tokyo. I'm wondering if it was like a a ladyboy threesome or something. Well, it it, it clearly was something. And and what they got got up to in their own time, as long as it was consenting, it's fine. I've just got the mental image of Bernard Lee, pipe in mouth, not really paying attention to what he's doing, pumping away while Bond's underneath, thinking, oh, (laughs) what are we doing? What are we doing with our lives, Em? This is not what we signed up for. (laughs) But, uh, I'd like him to only communicate with him via an intercom as well. Bond, <laughs> stop what you're doing, would you, and just get on with it. Oh, and then afterwards, you know, they're both dressed in kimonos, and they don't, there's not a word spoken. It's no. very silent. It's very uncomfortable. Uh, very uncomfortable. It's probably why he doesn't like him very much. It is, because he said, you know, we must never speak of this again, and there's Bond bringing it up in front of everyone. In front of everyone, yeah. On the, on the intercom, he knows what he's doing. I mean, but yeah, that, that, that does introduce an element of unpleasantness that I wasn't expecting. No, same here. It's almost as bad as um, later on in View to a Kill when uh, Q's got that little robot spying on Bond having sex. Oh, yeah, God, he does, doesn't he? Mm. It's a hotbed of, uh, of, of perversion. There's a bit in, um, from Russia with Love uh, when uh, Cleb and Red are uh, spying on uh, Bond <laughs> Tanya. Yes. And it's a bit like, God, I've already mentioned Savile, but it's a bit Rose and Fred West, isn't it? Very much so. And also that Red Grant carries it around in his pocket the whole time. He does, just to consult mm. uh, lonely nights, uh, you know, what out in the field, spying on people and yeah. killing people uh, who, who are about to kill. But the, the, the whole sequence um, uh, on the Orient Express is, is brilliant, isn't it? I think yes. it's the best sequence in the whole film. Not just because of the celebrated uh, fight sequence, which is uh, fantastic. It's, it's superb, though. It really, really must be said. It's, as you say, his the direction there is brilliant because he just doesn't cut away from most of it. It's just... It, it, it doesn't. And um, uh, even though uh, John uh, Barry's score is great, it's, this is the first film that he scored, isn't it, in, in the film? Yes. Yeah. Um, um, the most effective scene, action scene in the film doesn't feature any music at all. Yeah. It's just lots of grunting and sound effects. And it is a very realistic Bond fight. Yeah. Within the Bond and uh, it looks like uh, the pair of them are really tearing lumps out of each other as well. Yeah, it really does. And, uh, sorry, I'm just uh, taking a sip of uh, my beverage. Hang on. 
for the record. Paul is drinking wine. I've just uh, poured myself a glass of rosé, uh, which is the correct uh, glass of wine to have for the Bond podcast, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah. I'd, yeah, yeah. I'd have known you were a Russian spy if you were having, like, Strongbow or something. A Strongbow or um, a Buck fan. <laughs> I, am, I am speaking from Glasgow, so... That's true. Um, but there's that sequence um, uh, just before the, uh, the fight sequ- uh, scene. Hmm. Uh, Bond suddenly comes across as a bungling amateur, doesn't he? He does. Because, yeah, he draws his gun, has a little chat with Red, uh, then for some reason puts his gun back inside his uh, jacket pocket and then kneels down beside him before he gets coshed over the head. Yeah. And no wonder Grant calls him a bloody fool moments later because he, he is there. He is. He's, a, he's, he's really asking for it. But then Grant, <laughs> Grant's just as stupid when he tricks him with the briefcase. Oh, he is, yes, because it's uh, the, the gold sovereigns. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, all right then. And then he thinks he's been clever and says, no, I'll open the other uh, uh, attaché case. Mm-hmm. And then it, all, it blows up in his face, although I am uh, disappointed by that effect because when um, Q uh, introduces that gadget at the beginning and says, this will blow up in your face, I was expecting an explosion, not some gas. Yeah. Also, Q's first appearance there. That's right, it was, wasn't it? I, I can't help looking at his horrible fingers. Did you notice that? Oh, I didn't, no. God. If, if, you, if you wanted to watch it again, which I'm sure you don't, because you've watched it so many times, but it, well, when you've got the close-up of Q looking at, you know, using the suitcase, it might not have been him, it might have been stunt hands. If it was, they were awful fingers. They're like well, you, sausages. You know I'm going to go back and watch it after this. You'll have to. You'll probably find a clip on YouTube, but he's got, like, fingers... They look like fingers that have been dipped in an ashtray. Oh, they probably were. Or sausages that have been dipped in an ashtray, which was a bit off. Really? Yeah, it's it, you know I'm 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 almost ashamed that I didn't notice that because uh, because uh, you know I was talking earlier about uh, Robert Shaw's big fingers in the wine glass, mm. and I noticed the only sort of egregious fingers moment in the film, but clearly not. No, there's definitely two then. Oh, right. okay. I also would like uh, to point out that um, later on, when Bond makes his escape from Grant and steals that boat, that, yeah, um, it's very important that when you're stealing a boat, you have to wear the captain hat. He does, doesn't it? It's almost yeah. as if Connery said, wouldn't this thing be improved if I just wore a jaunty captain's hat? Yes, yes, it would. You're right, Sean. And, and Terence Young, yes, said, well, will you film the scene without it? No, no. I won't. No, I won't. I walk away from the whole production. Uh, so he does. So, yeah, he wears the jaunty captain's hat. And uh, that's just after the uh, sort of North by Northwest scene, isn't it, with the helicopter? Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, where he tells uh, Tanya... Again, like a you know, a bungling amateur. Uh, hide under the truck that these guys are trying to bomb. Yeah. I'll be back in a minute. Yeah. But I guess she's still a bit drugged and a bit hazy, so she's probably not Doesn't thinking. Doesn't he throw her in the back and then drive off? Yeah, he does. And he also drives. Uh, he also drives that truck in a way that a child might drive a little plastic pedal car. Yeah. He, he moves the, uh, the the steering wheel around a lot yeah. in a way that he would be weaving all over the road. He does that in Doctor No as well. I'm guessing Sean Connery couldn't drive at this point. Right, but you must have seen people who've driven. Well, I don't know. He was a milkman. <laughs> well, yeah, but he probably didn't. He obviously didn't drive the float. Although those floats, you don't have... Do you need a driving licence to drive a milk float? I don't know. Did they have milk floats when he was a milkman? They might have just had a horse and cart. Oh, this would be the late 50s, wouldn't it? Or yeah. I don't know. But yeah, have could... you seen Norman Wisdom's film The Early Bird? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. see, the, the, the rival milk firm have got the fancy milk floats, haven't they? And he's got a horse and cart, so... 
Oh, that's it. You're quite right. Um, yeah. for, for one, because then um, that's a big plot point that the milk floats are new. Exactly. Oh, uh, so Sean clearly, well, not only could he not drive a milk float, he, he couldn't drive at all. No, I don't think he could. No, and uh, um, so that took me <laughs> took me out of the action. Yeah. The uh, and those films were all, uh, sorry, those scenes were all filmed in uh, Argyle. In oh, really? And you can tell, not not Argyle, I'm not that uh, obsessed with Scotland, I'm not obsessed with Scotland at all, but um, you can tell it's in Scotland, it's meant to be, where are they meant to be at that point? They've gone over the border, haven't they? Yeah, Aust- Austria or something like that, I can't remember Aust- now. No, I'm completely wrong, I don't know. I just, I don't, let's just say I don't know. I don't know either, yeah. but, um, but they're clearly in Scotland at that point. Uh, but uh, but again, that doesn't uh, ruin the film. But you know that um, last hour of the film mm-hmm. is... It is just set piece after set piece. Yes. And uh, now I haven't seen Doctor No in a, a long time. I know you've just watched it, uh, mm. the first episode. But is it like that? I can't really remember. Not really. No. It's it's right. it, it, it. We'd have to listen back to the last episode, but it's, it feels like an old Avengers episode. Oh, one of the early Avengers. Yeah. It's got lots of surreal stuff in it, but I won't go over that again in this one. But um, no, as you say, this one is is, is, is for like a Bond film template it's very rewarding because you get like set piece set piece set piece and and you get the gadgets that we were talking about earlier but the, the the gadgets are almost well they seem quite plausible because it's just an attache case isn't it yeah yeah uh with some gold sovereigns in it and uh some smoke yeah and it's also the first time you get the uh bond trope which you get a few times later on where the main villain um returns at the end to kill bond when you think everything's fine Oh, that's right. It is, isn't it? Because uh, after all the um, explosions on the speedboat, yeah. uh, well, that's it. It's winding down now. And then there comes Rosa Klebb with the... Um, you know, that's actually the scene I remember. Uh, probably the first thing I really remember um, from Bond as a kid mm-hmm. is that scene with uh, Rosa and the um, uh, the poisoned uh, shoes that we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Uh, because uh, it just struck me as just one of the sort of weirdest creepiest things I'd seen up until that age, age of yeah. eight. Or it is quite creepy watching her stand there trying to stab him with a shoe. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, but that postscript uh, works really well, because I, uh, although I remember that scene, uh, obviously, um, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd forgotten where it came in the film. So when it, it got to, I thought, this must nearly be finished, where's this scene? And there it was at the end. And that is the scene that most people remember, isn't it? But yeah. it's right at the very end of the, uh, right at the very end of the movie. Just and before, then, I'm sorry. No, I'm just going to say then we have James Bond will return. Yes. Which is the first time we had that. Yeah, and then just before you see Bond disposing of the incriminating film. Oh, of him and uh, Tanya. Yeah, are they in Venice at this point? At Venice at the very end, yeah. Yeah, and he, he just throws it off the side of the boat as they're snogging. And, uh, and which is a classic Bond ending, it must always end with a... Um, uh, him snogging a lady uh, with a quip. I can't remember what the quip is. Probably I'm throwing some microfilm into the water. Yeah, yeah. Could unzip my flies. Yeah, something witty like that. Something witty like that, yeah. So I shall move on to our concluding part. Um, so did you enjoy From Marshall With Love? I did. I, en- I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, like I was saying earlier, I mean, the, do you agree there are slow spots in the first hour of the film? Yeah. There's some padding. Definitely. And when I was watching, I was thinking, oh, this isn't quite as good as I remember. But once uh, once it gets to pretty much uh, the 60-minute mark, yeah, it's incredibly entertaining. Mm-hmm. You know, 
it's a good film. Now, I always think that the plots of James Bond films, I've never fully been invested in a James Bond plot. Yeah. I always thought it's just a kind of thin membrane to, to connect the uh, set pieces. But, you know, I was kind of following this, thinking, all right, he's got to get the, uh, the MacGuffin here and there. And, mm. and do all this. Um, yeah, I did really enjoy it. I really enjoyed uh, G- um, Sean Connery's performance. Uh, I thought it was very well directed by Terence Young. Mm-hmm. And I, I liked the the fact that it's a Bond film with one foot in realism, but without being boring and earnest like the Daniel Craig films. Absolutely. So I'm going to move on to the quickfire questions now. Are you ready? Yes. Finger on your buzzers. Well, there is no oh. buzzer, you know. Um, so who is the best Bond and what is the best Bond film? Oh, well, the, the, the predictable answer is uh, Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. And uh, the best Bond film... Oh, God, you got me there, John. Is it From Russia to Love? Mm-hmm. I can't answer for you, I'm afraid. You can't answer for me. No, that negates. Mm. Um, I don't want to say from Russia with Love because that's what we've just been talking about. Mm. Uh, the best Bond film, my favourite Bond film is uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service. It's a good answer. Yeah. Who is the worst Bond and what is the worst Bond film? Oh, the worst Bond. Oh, I'm going to say poor Timothy Dalton, but that's only because I find his two Bond films incredibly tedious. Mm-hmm. So one of those, and they, they both blend into the same boring, uh, humorless film for me, so, so then. Fair enough. OK, yeah. so Bond is full of stupid names, i.e. Money Penny, Small Bush, Good Head. Give me your best Bond lady name now. Ah, uh, well, the, the, the woman in Goldeneye, doesn't she, am I getting this wrong, doesn't she have the word thighs in her name? No. Well, her, the one I've just made up. She's called on a, on a Top. Uh, yes, On a Top Thighs, her. Oh, that's a good name, it's a good name. OK, yeah. uh, give me your best Bond film title that you have literally just made up. Opprobrium of Wax. Oh, I like that. That's a good one. I like that mm. a lot. OK, so, a hypothetical fist fight takes place between Simon Templer, the saint, and James <laughs> Bond, 007. Who wins? All right, are we having a scene in the Ogilvy incarnation or the Moore incarnation? Uh, whichever one. Whichever one oh. looks best. Let's say Moore. Let's say Moore. Um, Moore, Moore versus Moore. It'd be like that bit in Superman 3. It would be, and uh, one of them, uh, I guess the saint would have a little bit of stubble. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Moore's saint would fight slightly dirtier, so I'm saying the saint. Excellent. And finally... You're stranded on a desert island with Connery, Lazenby, Moore, Dalton, Brosnan and Craig. Who do you elect as leader to devise your rescue attempt? And if that fails, who do you eat first? You eat later period Moore first. <laughs> uh, when he wore that big leather blues on jacket and a view to a kill because that, yeah. that's some eating right there, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So you could feast on that. Mm. Uh, but then that goes against uh, my answer to the first part of your question, which was I would elect Moore because I think he'd be a cool head in a crisis. I think that's very sound logic. So if uh, if he you know made an escape plan, would it then be okay for us to eat him? Yeah, that's a finger of blame at him then, isn't there? If it goes wrong. Oh yes. Yeah. So basically, Roger Moore is my answer to both those uh, that's, questions. It's wonderful, and um, Paul Whitelaw, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you very much. I say us, me. There's no <laughs> us here. Um, but thank you so much. It's been, it's been brilliant having you. Oh, it's been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, and thanks so much for the, uh, the devotion to the cause by watching the film more than once. 
Oh, well, I, I, I had nothing else to do with my life, John. I had a very angry existence. Well, thank you very much, Paul. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.